0: Go ahead and grab a seat and Merry Christmas. It is so great to see all of you here today. Those of you who brave the weather to be with us uh, in person, it's great to see you. And of course, if you're joining us on live stream, if you're connecting that way, hopefully you're staying warm and uh, we're glad you're able to be with us here today. And uh, like Colin was saying earlier, uh, we always love every year just having a chance to be able to spend this time together with you uh, to make space in the midst of all of your holiday planning and family gatherings and those type of things, just to kind of still our hearts and just take a moment and kind of take in the, the meaning and the significance of Christmas. And so we always get a chance to look forward to uh, kind of spending this time together. And I know that for a lot of folks, maybe even many of you who are here today, uh, Christmas is something you've been anticipating for a long time. And some of your families even do the thing where you have a calendar and you've been counting down the days until you get till, till, you, till Christmas. And here we are. we are, we are here just on the precipice of all the, the activities that are coming. And so I hope you guys have a great time over the next day day or so with all your Christmas celebrations. Uh, But before we jump into all the Christmas traditions and holidays that are, uh, celebrations that are to come over the next couple of days, I actually just wanted to pause here for a moment, and I wanted to think with you, think kind of together about what it looks like to take Christmas and to kind of live that out beyond a season. And so I kind of wanted to think a little bit about what does it mean to take the hope of Christmas, to take the significance of Christmas, and for that to kind of impact our lives on a daily basis. So I don't know about you guys, but I've actually kind of found in my experience it seems to me that the day after Christmas or kind of like the the, the time after Christmas, that it seems to me that there's one of two kinds of people. There's kind of two categories. And I wanted to ask you what kind of person maybe you would be, what category you fall into. And so I thought as a fun way to kind of explain what I mean by that, it might be kind of cool to ask for a little bit of class participation and to see if I could get a couple of volunteers to help me with a visual illustration up on the stage. So are there are two people who are bold and are willing, and since kids are with us in the service, maybe some kids who'd be willing to come help me with an illustration up here on the stage. Okay, I'm gonna ask this young lady here and this young lady right here. Why don't you guys come right in the front row. I know who you are. Yes, um, you do. So, why don't you, yeah, I want you guys to give them a hand for, for coming up here. Awesome. Thank you very much. Okay. So, let's do some introductions. What is your name, young lady? Gracie. This is Gracie, everybody. Everyone say hi, Gracie. Hi, hi, Gracie. hi Gracie. And over here we have Megan. Megan. Everyone say hi Megan. hi, Megan. Okay. So, they're just going to help me out with this illustration. So, Megan, I want you to stand right here in front of this screen, and you can see it right there, Gracie, okay. So like I said, I have found that after Christmas, there tends to be one of two categories of people. So Megan and Gracie are gonna help us kind of represent those two categories. The first category, Megan is gonna help us with, is what I call the ASAPers, okay? So you're gonna hold that sign. So what is the ASAPer? Okay, the ASAPer is the person who says, after Christmas is over, it's time to take the decorations down and the tree down as soon as possible. Okay, so this is the person that would say, Christmas is great and all, and it's all fun and it's wonderful, but when it's over, it's over, right? And so I don't want to hear another Christmas song, and it's time to put all those things away. So those would be the A-Sappers. Now, on the other extreme, Gracie is going to help us represent what I call the A-Lappers, okay? So you guys can probably guess, what does A-Lapper stand for? as long as possible, okay? So these are the folks who say, we want to stretch the Christmas season as far and as long as we can, so the Christmas tree is going to stay up as long as it's socially acceptable to do so, right? The the Christmas lights are going to stay on the house until the HOA tells me to take them down, that whole idea. So let me ask you guys in the room, how many of you would say That on a spectrum of ASAP to ALAP, that you lean this way. You're kind of more towards the the Megan side, the ASAP. How many of you would say that? Okay, good. So your hands popped up pretty quick. I could see that. How many of you would say that you're more on this side? You're more the ALAP. Okay, most of you in this room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, here's here's a follow-up question. How many of you live in a house divided? Where you differ on, them. okay, <laughs> that's got to be fun for you, so you guys can figure that out. So let me see if you guys can guess where my family lands. I'll tell you a quick story, and then see if you could guess what we are. So a couple years ago, um, the Christmas lights on our house actually weren't working anymore, so I went out, and I bought some new Christmas lights, and I found these lights that, uh, quite honestly, were a little bit of a game changer for us. We found these lights, and I'm sure you guys have seen them, where you can actually change the color on your phone, right? Have you guys seen these? Light guys have these? So these were awesome. So we put these up on our house for Christmas. And of course, I chose, you know, Christmas colors, right? So I chose red and green, put them up on the house. And uh, Christmas came and Christmas went. And I thought, okay, well, our Christmas lights, we should probably take them down at some point. But, you know, we'll give it a couple weeks because that seems like it's kind of socially acceptable. So we waited a couple weeks. Well, then time kind of got away from us. And a couple weeks became several weeks. And then at the end of January, like most of our neighborhood had taken their lights down and ours were still up. So I was like, I probably better go take those down. But my wife and I had this conversation, and she had this great idea. She said, well, before you take those down, she said, what's coming up in February? I said, well, you know, February 14th is right around the corner. So you guys see where this is going, right? So we said, let's just go ahead and change the color of the lights. So I got it out, and I changed it to what? Red. So these Christmas lights with one touch of a finger became Valentine's Day lights, right? And I thought, okay, that'll buy me a couple of weeks. So it did. So February 14th came and went and I thought, well, it's still cold outside and I don't really want to get on the ladder right now. So I thought what's coming up in March? And of course I thought, St. Patrick's Day, right? You guys are smart people. So I changed it to green. And I thought, there we go, that'll buy us some time. That bought us most of March. Then when that happened, I thought, well, we're on a roll here. So what else could we do? And I thought, well, easily, 4th of July, right? So I checked, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't actually do that. But uh, honestly, we took our lights down uh, this last year. We took them down the week of Easter. So I would say that we are, my family and I, we would be, we are A-Lappers. So there you have it, A-Sappers, A-Lappers. Thank you guys so much. Can you guys give it up again for Megan and for Gracie? You guys can just put the signs right on the ground and before you take a seat, I just have a, a, a quick gift just to say thank you for joining us. It is a, a gluten-free, non-GMO, uh, you know, can of canes, there you go, there you go. You never know these days, so, so there you have it. So why do I bring that up? Why that silly illustration, here's why. Because I think one thing that we all would agree with is that holiday decorations are seasonal. Now, we might not necessarily all agree on when we put those up or when we take those down, but I think all of us would agree that, yeah, you know, Christmas lights, Christmas decorations, they last for a season. And of course, what we mean by that is there's a time that you take them out, there's a time that they're visible, there's a time that they're kind of right in front of you, but then after the season is done, you kind of take those things and you put them away, and you don't really think about them until the next season comes around again. Now, the reason I bring that up is actually to ask a deeper question, and quite honestly, it's a little bit of a straightforward question, but this is the question that I want to invite you to think about and ask here today on Christmas Eve, is do, maybe for you or for your family or in your life, do you find that sometimes you interact with Jesus in a seasonal way? Do you interact with Jesus in a seasonal way? What I mean by that is this. I think that for a lot of us, in fact, probably many of us in this room, we would say that Jesus is a is a part of our holidays. Jesus is a part of our tradition. Jesus is a part of our season. And quite honestly, for a lot of us in this room, Jesus is a very important part of our holidays. And so, you know, we get the Christmas tree out, we get the decorations, and among the decorations, we have a nativity set. And so we, we remember the significance of the birth of Jesus. Jesus is a part of our season. We sing Christmas songs like we just sang uh, just a moment ago, where we declare these incredible truths about Christmas. Uh, Maybe even for some of us, you know, we read the Christmas story on Christmas morning, we come out to Christmas Eve services. It's part of our season, it's part of our tradition. Jesus is a piece of that. And for some of us, a very important piece of that. But what happens, here's the question, what happens when the season is over? What happens when we pack the lights up and we pack the tree up and the nativity set goes back in the box? And what happens when our calendars kinda just go back to what they were before the holidays? And all I'm saying is, I think it's really easy in life, quite honestly, for Jesus to kind of fade in the background, to to kind of narrow Jesus down to just one season a year or even just to one hour a week. I think it's easy sometimes for that to happen. But I actually think, and what I'm hoping that we're going to see today, what I actually think is that when you stop and you think about the meaning of Christmas and the significance of Christmas, what you will come to see is that Christmas is actually far more than a season to be celebrated. Christmas is way more than just a holiday. Christmas is actually far more than just Jesus' birthday. It is that, but it's more than that. I think what you're gonna see when you really stop and think about Christmas itself is that Christmas is actually an invitation. It is an invitation from God to live life with God. Christmas is way more than a celebration. It is that, but it's more than that. It's an invitation from the God of the universe to live life with him. You guys, I don't think that there's maybe a more clear place that you can see this than in, uh, in the Christmas story according to the Gospel of John. And I actually wanna take a look at that with you here together this morning. Some of you guys know that in the Bible, there's actually a few different Christmas accounts that we have recorded. And one of those comes from a guy named John. Now, just to tell you real quick, the one that we're gonna look at, this guy John, uh, John would have been a disciple of Jesus, which meant, which meant that he was someone who would have followed Jesus during his time here on earth. And we also know this. John was also someone who would have witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here he's writing his Christmas story, and quite honestly, his Christmas story is told in kind of a strange way, a little bit different than we're used to. And here's what he says here's his Christmas account. John says this He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, pause there for a minute. Again, this is maybe a little different than the Christmas story you might be familiar with. And quite honestly, if you've never read this version, it might actually sound a little bit confusing. I mean, the wording is a little strange. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. That sounds a little complicated, I think, to some of us. And this is a different Christmas story. Notice John doesn't mention anything about shepherds. He doesn't mention anything about a manger. and None of those things show up. But here's what I want you to see. What John is telling us is something deeply, deeply significant about Christmas. I want you to notice here that John actually calls Jesus something fascinating. He calls him the word. Now, that might seem weird to us, but to John's original hearers, that term was actually loaded with meaning. And I want you to notice what what John says about the word, about Jesus. He says that the word was, notice this, was in the beginning. What is John saying? What John is saying is what the Bible teaches, and that is this, that Jesus didn't actually originate at Christmas, that Jesus actually finds his, his, all the way back from the very beginning, and not just that, look what he says. He says that the word was in the beginning, that the word was with God, that the word, it, that he himself was God, and then look at this, he says that the word that through him all things were made, without him nothing has been made, that has that is made, that has been made. What is John declaring about Jesus? You guys, this is a profound declaration. John is saying that this Jesus, this Jesus is the one who is from the beginning, who is with God, who himself is God, the one who created all things. This is a profound statement. John is saying that Jesus is the creator, transcendent God all the way from the beginning. This is a massive declaration about who Jesus is. And you guys, if this isn't breathtaking enough, Look at what John goes on to say in John chapter 1 verse 14. Look what he says. This is amazing. He says the word became flesh. The word, what word? The same word that was in the beginning, the same word that was with God, the same word that was God, the same word that was the creator of all things. That God, he says, became flesh. In other words what he says is he's saying that God himself took on human nature and entered into the human story. And of course, you guys, this is what we celebrate at Christmas. It's Emmanuel, that God came to be with us. But I want you to notice, even more than that, look at what John says. He says, the word became flesh. And then look at this next part. He says, and he made his dwelling among us. He made his dwelling among us. Tell you something really fascinating. In the original language that John wrote this, it would have been the language of Greek, In the original language, John picks a very unique word when he says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's a very unique word. It only shows up a handful of times in the entire New Testament. And it is a really weird word. It's this word right here. It is literally the word tabernacle. Some translations put it this way. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Now, What in the world does that mean? That is a really weird word. My guess is you probably can't think of the last time that you used the word tabernacle when you were talking to somebody. Well, the word tabernacle is actually a really important word. It literally just means this it means tent, it means abode, it means a dwelling place. That's what it means. But some of you know this. I think that the reason that John picked this word is because it has tremendous biblical significance. Many of you know in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was deeply significant. Without getting too into the details, here's what we're going to see in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the tabernacle was the place, it was the place where you would go to meet with God. In fact, the tabernacle was actually called the tent of meeting. It was a place that God commanded his people to build, and it was the place where it was thought that heaven met earth. And so if you wanted to go and interact with God, the place where you would go is you would go to the tabernacle. You would go to the tent of meeting. In fact, maybe the best way to think of the tabernacle, the tabernacle was basically God's way of saying, I want to move into your neighborhood, and I want to dwell among my people. But here's what's crazy. The tabernacle was the place where you met with God. It also was the place where sacrifices were made and forgiveness was found. Many of you know that in the Bible, what it's going to teach is that one of the obstacles that keeps us from a right relationship with God is what the Bible calls our sin. But God made a provision for that. And so when you went to the tabernacle, you would make sacrifices and find forgiveness so that you could worship and you could have a relationship with God. So the tabernacle was the place where you would go to meet with God, the places where sacrifices were found, and the place where you would worship and you would have a relationship with the living God, the creator God. Well, some of you know the story. Later, the tabernacle became the temple. But then in John, John, then in in the gospel of John, John says something amazing. He says that the word, that the creator God of the universe took on flesh and he tabernacled among us. He uses the same word here. What is he saying? Here's what he's saying. He's telling us that Jesus is the person where we meet God. Jesus is the person where heaven meets earth, where the word became flesh. If you wanna know who God is and what God is like, he's saying, look at Jesus, because he is the word made Flesh. Jesus is the place. Many of us know this. He's the person where the ultimate sacrifice has been made and where forgiveness is found. So we all know the story. This this Jesus who was born in a manger, went on to live a perfect life that we couldn't live, and then he died a sacrificial death in our place on the cross to atone for our sins, so that we could worship him and find a relationship with God. That we could be put back into the kind of relationship that God created for us to have with him from the very beginning. So you guys, I hope that what you see, what John is trying to tell us, I hope you see this. John is trying to help us see that Christmas is far more than a season to be celebrated. Christmas is way more than just Jesus' birthday. Christmas is an open invitation from the God of the universe extended to you to do life with him, to live life with him. He wants to dwell among us. You guys, I hope that you see That in Jesus Christ, God has done everything to reach out to us. He has done everything to initiate with us. He has done everything to eliminate every obstacle that would keep us from having a relationship with him. But can I tell you this too? That even though it's true that God in Jesus has done everything to reach out to you and to move towards you, there is one thing that God will not do. There's one thing that he won't do, and it's this. He will not force this relationship on you. God will do everything to invite you and to make this relationship available for you, and he has, but there's one thing that he will not do, and that is that he will not force this relationship on you. Just like every healthy relationship, what's required is that it has to be reciprocated. It requires that there's two parties who are moving towards each other, that's what's required for the relationship to work. And you guys, I think that's why Jesus says later on in the gospel, I think that's why Jesus is gonna say to his disciples this. He says to his disciples, I want you to abide in me as I abide in you. And interestingly, the word abide is the same word for abode. It's where we get the word home from. And what's he what's he saying here? I think this is what Jesus is saying. I think what Jesus is saying is in the same way that he has moved towards us because he wants to make his home among us. I think he's saying, I want you to do the same. I want you to move towards me, and I want you to build a home. I want you to build a life with me. So I think think we all understand this in relational terms, right? Every relationship we have kind of operates this way, doesn't it? In any relationship, you have a choice. You can either reject the relationship or resist it. You can... You can grow distant in that relationship and keep it at an arm's length. Or you can stay current in that relationship. You can invest in it. You can do life together. Every relationship we have is like this. In fact, you guys can think about think about the relationship with your parents or your kids or your siblings or or or, or your friends in your life. Isn't it true that some of those relationships there's resistance? Some of those relationships maybe have grown distant or cold, and some of them you have to stay current in in order to keep them healthy. In fact, for some of us, I mean, quite honestly, this might be the very reason why Christmas is so challenging for us. And so, I, I, I am under no, impre- uh, under no impression that Christmas is always an easy time of year for everybody. Uh, for some of you, Christmas is really difficult. It's really challenging. And maybe this year, Christmas is specifically challenging. And sometimes that's because there's a a loss of a relationship, or there's a broken relationship in our lives, or maybe there's a family member or a friend that there's been distance in that relationship, and Christmas is a reminder of some of those things. And for that reason, Christmas can be very hard. But if you think about it in relational terms, you guys, this is what Christmas is telling us. It's telling us that the God of the universe has come to you and has initiated and has invited you to do life with him. That's available to you. So the real question, you guys, that I think Christmas should compel us to ask is this question right here. Is do you wanna do life with him? Do you wanna do life with Jesus? And and when I say do life with Jesus, what I don't mean is like, do you wanna make Jesus part of your holidays? And what I don't mean is like, do you just want Jesus to be a piece of your life, like one hour a week or one day a week of your life? What I mean is, Do you actually want Jesus to to, to be part of your everyday life? In every moment, into every space of of your life, do you want Jesus to be in, in relationship with you? Because you guys, here is the mind-blowing, magnificent truth of Christmas. The mind-blowing, magnificent truth is that the God of the universe wants that with you. Jesus wants a relationship with you, and he's inviting it to you. And so the real question is, do you want that with him? So, listen, let me just say, I don't know where this message might be finding you today. I don't know what the circumstances of your life are. I don't know all of your stories. There's no way I could. But my guess is that maybe there's some of you who are here today, and you would actually say that maybe there was a time in your life in the past, and maybe it was even in the recent past, when you would say that the answer to this question was yes. Where you would say that, yeah, God was a really important part of your life. And maybe for you, doing life with Jesus was a pursuit that was one that was primary in your life. But maybe you honestly would say that, that over time, what's happened is you've actually grown distant in that relationship. Maybe for you, you, you would say that, man, this relationship has kind of grown cold, or I feel like there's been some distance, or we've kind of strayed in that relationship. And you guys, there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. Sometimes that happens inadvertently. Sometimes that happens just because of the natural, the the, the things, the, the priorities of life start to overwhelm us and over time we just find ourselves drifting from God. Or sometimes it's more abrupt. Sometimes something painful or hurtful has happened in our life and it causes us to stiff arm God or to push him away. But maybe, just maybe, as you're in this space and you're looking at the Bible and you're thinking about God and you're considering Christmas, Maybe that even just being here is a reminder to you of how desperately you want that relationship back again. And can I just say that if that's you, here's the awesome news. It doesn't matter how far you feel like you've drifted from God. It doesn't matter how distant you feel from him. The moment that you turn back to him, you will always find grace waiting for you. Jesus, you guys, this is amazing to me. Jesus is always up for the relationship. He's always available. And so when you turn to him, he's ready, he's willing, he's not mad at you, he's not done with you, and you can turn back to him and you can pick that relationship back up again. Or maybe for some of you, quite honestly, even as I'm talking about this, you've never experienced what I'm talking about. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God or you've never made Jesus part of your life. In fact, for some of you, you might not even have a category to even think about what that means. But my hope is that what you will see today is that John 1.14 is telling you this, that the creator who created you, the one who is from the very beginning, God himself, you can actually know him and you can live life with him. And the place where you find a relationship with him is the person of Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and has made his dwelling among us. This is the invitation of Christmas. So you might be saying to yourself, well, how do you even start a relationship with Jesus. Like, I, I, I think I do want what you're saying, but I don't even know where that begins. And, and listen, can I just tell you, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. I think it starts here. This sounds very simple. I think you just tell him. I think you just talk to him. I think you can pray to him. Because this same Jesus, who was born in a manger, died on a cross for your sins, but it didn't stop there. Because the Bible is gonna say that he also rose from the dead. And then he sent his spirit so that you and I can actually interact with him every single day. And so you can talk to him, even now, and you can just say, I'm in, I want this. I don't even fully know what that means, but if you are the one who created me, then I believe that, that you have the life that I was designed to live, and I wanna live life with you, and you can open your heart to him right now. Can I just also tell you guys this? That if you need help navigating this life with Jesus, I just want you to know that that's why we exist as a church. The whole reason we're here as a church is because we are a group of very imperfect people who are trying to live life every day with Jesus. I'm just gonna tell you, we don't get it right all the time. Like I said, we're imperfect and we mess up at this, but this is our pursuit. Our pursuit is to know Jesus and that we wanna pursue him together. So I just wanna invite you, if you're a person that doesn't have a church home family, or if you're a person that doesn't have a community of people to help you follow Jesus, we would love to invite you to be part of this community. And you can do that by coming to weekend services. That's one thing that we do. But you could join a life group. You could even talk to those who, came with, who you came with today. We'd love to try to help get you connected to a life with Jesus beyond a season. So you guys, I hope you hear me. I hope more than anything that you have an awesome Christmas. I hope that the plans over the next couple of days are wonderful. I hope you're with people that you love. I hope you really enjoy it. But I also hope and I also pray that when the season is over, that when the Christmas tree comes down, that when you take the lights off the house, whenever that might be, right, that maybe you would consider what it would look like to do life with Jesus beyond the season. Let's pray. Jesus, I do wanna say thank you that you came to be with us the God of the universe, the Word who is in the beginning, the Word who is with God, the Word who is God, the Word who is the creator of all things has stepped into the human story. And you did that so that you could invite us and initiate a life together with you. And so God, I pray that in the same way that you move towards us, that we would move towards you. I pray that our hearts would be open, Lord, open to you to say, yes, I want a life with you. I want a life with you beyond a season, beyond a day, beyond a moment, that we can actually live life together with the creator of the universe. So thank you that this is available and this is even possible because of Jesus. We pray it in your name, amen.